Welcome to the Barn Show, fanatics. I'm Connor Crockford, and as always, your co-host Mason McGuire, named secondly tragedy, poetics, and raw fucking ownage was perhaps the greatest television series ever, The Shield. And this is, this is the tragedy, poetics, and raw fucking ownage, folks. This and poetic kill screen, possible kill screen, are just the ultimate forms of it, really. Um, yeah, so this is the last episode, gentlemen. This is the series finale. Um, how's everybody? How's everybody feeling? How are you feeling, Mason? <laughs> uh, pretty fucking heavy, man. I mean, not only is the shield done, but it's kind of like I haven't watched this episode since I saw it the first time, probably like a, you know close to a decade ago. Um, and man, you, I just forgot how great of a fucking episode of television it was on top of just like feeling just the most like sad, this is the ultimate sort of satisfaction, um, Mm -hmm. that I could get, you know, kind of from an episode of television. And I'm just so fucking sad that it's over and I'm so fucking sad about everything that happened in the show. And I'm just sad that I'm not going to hang out in the barn anymore. So that's, (laughs) you know, a lot of stuff happening tonight. Nah, I know what you mean. It's this weird... Yeah, I, I feel this genuine, like, uh, sense of, of closure again. And yet, yeah, yeah the, the, deep, the the horror of what... Of this episode, too, really presses on us, right? That, like... Yeah. Um, this is an episode of... Um, you know, we talked about how the story of Possible Kill Screen just ends. That is the end of the story. These are all the reactions to the end of that story. And what I think is great is that, like, it really feels as if, um, you know, we have hit a wall. And um, the the impacts of that are devastating. Um, like, I, mm-hmm. I love the moment when Shane finds out about the immunity and you just see, like, the last hope leave mm-hmm. him. That, like, oh, fuck, I am done. This is yeah. done. Um that's the thing here this whole episode. It's a lot of people being backed into corners, you know, and realizing yeah. they've been backed into corners without realizing it, right? Like, Vic goes through yeah. that. Ronnie goes through that. Shane does. All these characters have these moments of, like, revelation and recognition. Um, and that's going to play, of course, into the final scene. But, yeah. Yeah, oh. it's 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 so... The strike team gets its kind of, um, you know, ultimate, I think... I don't want to say justice, but... This is, you know, the end point of every single thing these guys have done, you know. And I was thinking a lot about, even before watching this episode, about how Wallflower described this finale as as an Mm -hmm. anti-climax. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Everything that happens in this episode should or could... Not everything. Some plot elements in this episode could and should register as, like triumphs or something or at least like mm-hmm. hit like that kind of same shieldy and high but all you're watching here is kind of like time catch up with with the characters in the show and begin to eclipse them you know um I like that and yeah. it's it's you're seeing basically you know the the it just it wallflower points out in his writing and it on, on the show and you know he mm-hmm. keeps bringing it up it's like this is the end point of all these characters actions from every single decision that they've made um, and the reason why it's it's kind of it's considered an anticlimax or, or you know at, like that, it's because it's just pure consequence at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's nowhere else like you like you said you know there's nowhere for these people to go. Um, the strike team is backed into a corner, and we see like um, 
basically that Vic Mackey is the only guy standing. Um, mm-hmm. And just, ugh, fuck, I, I don't want to get too ahead of just talking about the show, but just, man, just, just how this fucking se- sh- series ends, this episode ends. Few things are better. <laughs> Few things are better. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I want to talk too about, you know, a little bit about um, Aristotle's poetics, which I've gone into before on this podcast. And mm-hmm. this this impossible kill screen really feel like the Shields versions of what Aristotle talks about with the final stages of a tragedy. And mm-hmm. what the Shield has done is reversal already, where um, Shane and Vic are stripped of their badges. They're no longer cops, but they become the criminals they were always really were. And the mm-hmm. result is that it makes these guys really see themselves, right? Um, even yeah. Shane, this episode, finally is like, I need to turn myself in because otherwise Mara is fucked. But he doesn't even realize how futile his, like, compassionate gesture is, which makes yeah, it even yeah. sadder. Um, you know, it, that's the thing that's great is that everything happens here, you know, it it is, of course, all completely logical. Um, you know, Shane's and Mara and Jackson's deaths are because of Vic's immunity. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is tied into everything. Um, the degree to which the, all of this is consequence is amazing because it never feels false. It, it is all organic. No. It's just the, the next logical step. It's a great. It's so fucking great. Um <laughs> Yeah, we should get into a little bit of plot, but oh, oh my god. We did. I just, I man, Uh, I'm so ready to get into this. I just looked down at my notes, and the first thing that I saw was Franny Abbey, and I was just like, oh, motherfuck, I can't. Did you, did you cry at all? I got very, very close. Uh, No, you know what, I cried at the end. I cried during the end credits. Um, Just Uh, as kind of like a release from the show, but I guess we can get into it. But man, I was really holding it, uh, and really, really close most of the time, and Franny Abbey was a moment... (laughs) That I was just like, oh, fuck, these these poor people. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Franny Abbey, that scene is devastating because, like, it, it's it's Mara just, like, you know, what we've seen, we're seeing is basically, like, Shane and Mara just being, fuck it, we're going back home. Um, and yeah. Shane is still, like, it's great because he's, he's really just pretending that they can still use the motorcade, which is still this great, like, running plot, theme, plot, plot thing, mm-hmm. right, that, like, the presidential motorcade's here. But Mara just immediately is, like, that's not going to work. I can't go in a fucking car anywhere. And you know, yeah, Um, she's an excruciating pain. (laughs) Right. And and that's what makes it so devastating. The whole scene is that like, um, you know, there's nothing Shane can say to make this better. There's nothing any of them can do now. It's just like, they've run into the wall. And what's great is like Mars reaction of like, Jackson's going to go into foster care. Isn't he? You can't lie to me about this. It's so, fucking sad that like they just yeah what's he gonna think their futures yeah i wrote down what you said what what's he going to think about he being jackson when he when he finds out um Uh. yeah they these are just like man you know backed into a corner just 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 in this pit you you do like it's like mara shots you know killed somebody shane has been we've been we've been with shane for seven seasons and over like Mm -hmm. two years of the of like narrative time and we just see the amount of just like heinous fucking shit that they go through um or they do rather in shane's case um is what i was trying to say but man like in the situation i'm just like god damn man like i i just want like there to be some kind of relief for these people you know just because <laughs> yeah. they just seem so fucking desperate you know um man god it's 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 so 
I think Michelle Hicks's performance in this in this scene is just absolutely incredible. Same with Goggins, and they are so so fucking good together. You know, it, it, it just Ugh. maybe the last time I get a chance to say that, but they are so fucking good together. Uh, or maybe not actually, because there's something that comes later. Um, but just they are so good, like scene partners, and just yeah. Um, uh, um, they're just so charismatic and attractive, and there's like a genuine love um, for each other mm. that they can bring out in the characters. And I'm just like, God damn, it, it just. It, your, your heart breaks, <laughs> you know, just because of them. And I guess I just want to give him a shout out. Um, that was but, that was probably man. the closest I came to tearing up a bit was like when Shane is helping Mara, actually trying to get her to the bathroom. That, God, that scene, right? that like, scene uh, almost broke me. And like, I, it's weird. The, this episode did not inspire a lot of tears. It was more like this. It, it's very much what tragedy intends, right? This, um, this term catharsis in like, the original like, Greek meaning of it, of what tragedy wants, is this combination of pity and awe. And mm, I think that's okay. exactly what you get this episode, is this combination of, like, extreme, um, like, sympathy and pity for Shane and for Vic and for Ronnie and all of these wretched mm-hmm. people who are put into this position, right, where, like, they're, like, mm. all backed into corners. Um, except Lloyd, which I think is great, right? Like, Lloyd... Lloyd's the only one weird. He's kind of delighted to see him in the last scene. That oh, it's like oh, that's you. That's the really real Lloyd. Okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what's great is like like Shane, especially inspires such pity and awe. Like the sense of like how much depraved shit and how much he had to do, how evil he had to be to get to this point, and mm-hmm. yet the. And and yet that pity of like, oh god, this poor fucking bastard, he is fucked and yeah. he knows it. And what I think is great, yeah. it's funny. I don't know how you felt the first time you saw the show um, about his eventual decision, but for me it made a lot more sense on second watch that like, it's this kind of like irrational, pure move of um right of def- of retal of of not just defiance but like of ownership of like, we will always be together. The state. Yeah. Yeah. Apart. Um, and yeah. it's, but you can see Shane working through that into the end. I feel like I can yeah. see him building up that decision more this episode. I don't know about you. Especially yeah. Yeah. Doing no, drugs I, all the time. It's, it's God. I just remember being so taken back at mm-hmm. the show's audacity because, you know, I was so young when watching this, I didn't know that like, television had this potential, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, And I was just so, it was just so shocking to me the first time that I almost couldn't, that's the, that's all I can remember this time. Of course, I know going into the episode, what's going to happen. Um, And I, um, this time I'm watching this and it does, it feels inevitable. It feels like the, the only kind of demise and the only way that these, that Shane can not, it can basically just like, because I think for me at that point, there's a lot of things going on, but not maybe not primary, but one of them is definitely like, I can't let Vic, Ma- Vic Mackey fucking get away with this. Like, I can't win. You know, I, it's, I, I can't let him win. I can't let him see my kids. Yeah. It's this. Exactly. Like, he won't. Yeah. He won't see my children. Um, just yeah, like, it's to, to, uh, God to go back just a second. Just their their fucking conversation, their phone calls, just so vicious. Oh my God, I love it. Just so it's, vicious it's, at it's the vicious. end there. Yeah. Oh yeah, vicious is the right word. And I kept thinking of the scene in Partners in season two 
when Vic says he'll teach Shane to golf when they retire. And yeah. how <laughs> oh, no. the the gulf between where they are in that scene and here is so sad. Um <sighs> just yeah. devastating. Um and you really see how like much their love still motivates them that like they are just hurling anything at each other. Um you know, I don't remember who did it, but one commenter quoted like you always hurt the ones you love with this scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That like they're just saying anything they can. And what's great is Shane really Shane at first, I think it's great that Shane kind of like pulls out that card. The wild card of like Corinne is fucking you over, dude. You yeah. don't even know it. And Shane put pl- and by the way, Walton Goggins just sensational this episode but really plays um the way he decides to say it. You know, you thought you were always twice the family man I was. Um, yeah, like this yeah, yeah, snotty, yeah. resentful, like, the, oh, you think you got me? The mother of your children. Yeah, is playing you. Um, it's great. Yeah. Um, but then Vic but then Vic really, you know, sinks in with, like, I'm going to visit your kids in foster care, and I'm going to ruin any image they have of you. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the moment of, like, I think, too, that's another moment of driving Shane to, like, yes, we need to be together. The state can't rip us apart. My children will be ruined. Yeah. This yeah. can't happen. So really, one no- something to note about the writing here, um, they weren't sure yet how Shane was going to go down, like how it was going to happen, mm-hmm. until um, they read about the death of Chris Benoit, who was a pro wrestler, yeah. who um, yeah. killed his uh, wife and child and then killed himself. Um, and a lot more gruesome in a lot of ways than actually what happens to Sh- Martin Jackson here and just really horrific yeah. crime. But, um, yeah, they decided that like, yeah, we could, you know, this is something that like will inspire this. Um, but yeah, Shane Ryan basically wrote it into the dra- next draft. Uh, after yeah. The yeah. Draft. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and somehow I can't mm. see this episode working nearly as well without it, without that final decision. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's because, like, the, the writing on the show is so good because mm-hmm. it, inclu- like, it's, it finds such a natural way to include Shane's, um, uh, you know, justification on this, like, with his suicide note, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's just repeating, you know, that, um, Mara and Jackson are innocent and they're all gonna be in heaven. And you just, you read it and there's such like kind of almost an innocence, like kind of a, a childlike kind of innocence to it that they're all going to be together in heaven. There's this insistence. Um, yeah. But he's doing such this, like just this, this, you know, this, he's killing his, his wife, his pregnant wife, and then their two year old, their toddler, basically. Yeah. Um, and just, I, I guess what I was trying to say is just, just to the point of like, you know, I don't know much about that Chris Benoit thing. I do know that the, like the circumstances around it are much more gruesome than what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the shield, it's like, I was thinking about when you were talking earlier, how so much about this show and you know, you're absolutely right that this episode in particular is all about people and, you know, characters getting boxed in and who helps them get out. I think in a way, you know, cause Lloyd yeah. shows up at the very end here, boxes Dutch in Claudette's there to kind of help him get him out. And it yeah, ends up that's being a, point just too. a moment that in, in just a, a one last plot that kind of shows the strength of their bond and how that is going to be the thing that like, imagine if Dutch was the same Dutch mm-hmm. he was at the beginning of the series, you know, yeah. um, going up against Lloyd, um, he would get fucking swamped, you know, taken over. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. This emotionally awkward, 
like yeah. kind of annoyed guy, he's a petulant dude. Yeah, he's fucked. Um, yeah, yeah, it is hilarious. So- yes, keep going. <laughs> And I know, and it's just so funny that like Claudette, of course, is the only person that can go in with Lloyd because she's the only person that actually knows Dutch to the oh, level yeah. that someone like Lloyd would be. Um, you know, she uses she uses herself as a character witness, says that she's going to be a character witness, and you're watching that, and you're like, that is fucking brilliant because, of course, the chief of police is always going like in a in a criminal case is always going to take the you know whatever you know, fucking planted evidence this, this kid can put there. And it's so cool. And what, you know, in, in this episode, I'll, um, uh, uh, compare that, I guess, with, 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 with Shane. Um, and so much in the last stretch of the show, um, he's, uh, you know, basically he and Mara are kind of the symbiotic unit that are trying to get mm-hmm. out. They are very much depi- defined by like how locked into each other they are. And they, he, they make this decision where they can finally like, makes this final awful decision, you know, where the only choice for them is just like total annihilation. And that leaves Vic. And the only person really in his corner is Ronnie for sure. And in his perception is Corinne. Corinne cuts him out as fast as she can. He fucks over Ronnie and like his new boss is Olivia Murray, who at one point had like a sense of respect for him. Now just fucking hates his God. Just absolutely hates him. Despises him. Um, it's Lori so Holden's good. Lori so fucking good in this. Well, I'm just on that point, but like, what? God, she's so fucking funny in this episode. One of the things I love about um, Lori Holden and uh, her performance this whole season is that Olivia Murray is in her own TV show separate from Vic, right? Yes. Is the way yes. I kind of see her character. Like, she is in a proce- her own procedural that's on, like, USA. It's very good. Yeah. She's a good yes. actress. <laughs> Um, yes. Like, she's getting notices for that or whatever. But, like, this is just an arc of her life where, like, this shithead came in and, like, has utterly destroyed her by, like, giving him shelter, right? And like, you see yeah. how that guilt has is eating away to her the whole time that, like, she, she was duped by this man. Um, yes, yes. And that's what uh, is so fucking good is that she's both kind of hilarious where she's just, like, fueled at this point by, like, spite. Like, this is basically the equivalent of, like, Larry and Kirby Enthusiasm opening up a spite story against Mocha Joe. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just like, I will destroy you in some way or another. Yeah. I'll have vengeance. Um, and what's great is, like, the whole episode, you can see the guilt, but also how done she is with him, how over it. She will never believe anything he says ever again. And, yeah. you know, this the, the past 12 episodes, um, she really has bought into what he's saying, you know, and... She's just so checked out. And what's great is how her anger really plays into the plot again with Corinne and the children. It's so brilliant that, like, of course she'll give them witness protection because, like, what's great is, like, she doesn't care until Claudette's like, but it'll hurt Vic. Yeah. It's so good. That's true. That's true. And and Claudette, that's the thing, this whole episode, which is great, that Claudette and Olivia are motivated not by, like, protection or, like, anything else. They're motivated by, like, justice and a need to get Vic and, and find some kind of closure, right? Yeah. Yeah, That's what makes exactly. Claudette's, Claudette's so tragic, this fucking episode, and, like, so sad that, like, you see how much, like, going after this guy has destroyed her. Yeah, yeah. And the and pursuit like, of truth. Yeah, which, which she deserves, like, the kind of... I don't it, the 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 version of the, sh- the of the shield that's not as so brave and committed to its plot would have yeah. Claudette find some way around the immunity and get to like collar Vic, um, right? And it 
it's just this kind of just like quiet tragedy that the best that she can get is just by like she like putting the death of his friend in front of him yeah psychologically and reading out loud like the what she gets to do is say that like his best friend wishes he never met him (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was striking this that whole scene is how claudette becomes the audience right i I felt like this whole episode watching it especially that scene claudette is really a stand-in for what we want. We want to see Vic. Mm. We've seen mm. Vic admit he's evil, right? We've seen it now. But mm. she wants to see the guilt. She wants to see some understanding of the wreckage he's caused, that he is evil. Um, not mm. just that he's evil, but that he like, causes damage and has destroyed other people. And that's the thing, right? For years when this show went on, um, this is kind of the big thing of the the plot, the, the hype around the show was like, is Vic a good guy or is he a bad guy? I think the show yeah. is very clear what side he's on. To be, by the way, yeah. I never, I don't understand what the fuck that's about. Like, I don't. Vic is an antihero only in the sense of like, you know, he's he's just, <laughs> he's he's evil. He's the protagonist of the show. At he's this the protagonist time. of the, the show. Only, yes, you know, he is the protagonist of the show. That is what makes yeah. him a hero. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Um, but <laughs> I think what's striking is that Claudette's final words, the, most most of her final words to him are really like this show's final word too that like all those drug busts and everything you've done. And like in the end, what you really are is a guy whose best friend killed himself um, rather than deal with the wreckage you both caused. And Mm -hmm. um, you're sending your other best friend to prison. Like that's who you really are. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what really struck me is that, and Claudette going into the, the camera room is so key too, right? That, she is watching oh him, looking for guilt. It's it's the same thing we're doing at the end of the fucking episode. It's amazing. Yeah. Like we're doing the same thing. We're looking yeah. for something. We're like, please just show. Like, do you have any remorse, or like guilt, or anger, or like? And you can see That's, Vic like cracking. God, but he won't. They, God, yeah. They they bring the they bring it all the way to the fucking end zone with the surveillance theme, where it's like, oh, and then smashing God, just, the camera, just destroying. The fucking he looks paradigm. In, he looks. He looks like a fucking like silent movie, like kind of Lon Chaney villain, like for the last time through that fucking screen, and then he just rips it down um, off the wall. It's that. It, it is so good. So good, you know, so I good. I have to compliment the directing of Clark Johnson here because like that is yeah. a perfect example of using perspective to make something scarier and distort something like an object. He's a, because Vic, he's a, like it's all just perspective. God. He's just small and he, he looks terrifying because he's looming. Yeah. Oh. oh God. Clark Johnson. Kudos to Clark Johnson who does make a cameo in this episode. He does. And it's great. Um, which, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. And I had seen actually, I'm pretty sure I had gotten my homicide life on the street DVDs from the library before I had watched the shield. And I had known him, uh, you know, as an actor on homicide and, yeah. as, you know, a director on there. And when he popped up at the end of the show, I was like, I was so pleased. I was so happy to see Clark Johnson again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was, I was pretty happy because I remembered him mainly from The Wire. Um, right, uh, As right. Gus, the newspaper editor. And like, while that season's kind of weird, his performance, I remember being great and being like, I kind of like this guy instinctively. Like he's an mm-hmm. instinctively an actor you, you like on camera. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He seems like genuinely hyped up about Rockford at the end, showing it to Corinne. Uh, Sean yeah. Ryan's birthplace, by the way, his hometown. Um, 
Rockford, Illinois, where Corinne's going in witness protection, along with the kids. Uh, these yeah. suspiciously older-looking children of Vic, because I guess they just stuck with the child actors. Even though it's only supposed to be three yeah. years, I don't know. What the fuck? It's so funny. I'm sorry. It's just hilarious. I, I don't know. I I would be hard-pressed to name another time that we got a close-up of a one of the, the younger Mackie kids. I know. One, I swear, you know, though, that's like... Uh, yeah, it's just funny where I'm like, okay, how old are these fucking kids? But it does, yeah, confused. it is weird that if, like in the span of a cut, it, it seems like Matthew aged like five years. <laughs> it was a very like kind of Bobby <laughs> Draper situation. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought yeah, you were uh, different. We're on the third Bobby Draper actually in our house because we're on season three, so it's kind of funny. Um, oh hell yeah! Speaking that's of, that's not Mason Vale Cotton, is it yet? I don't think he pops until he's Bobby Five. I think that's Bobby Five. Bobby, that's, yeah. There's uh, four Bobbies, I think, in total. Um, and the last one is the good one, I guess. As I remember. Yeah, yeah. He's the really out, <laughs> he fucking rules. He nailed that character. Anyway, um, he just somehow they were like, wait, maybe Bobby can be like a good character now. Yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't have to suck. His child actor doesn't have to suck. Um, yeah, they looked at Kieran and Shipkin. They're like, it's really not fair that we keep shafting this other kid. And then they just, like, never get around to the baby until, the, like, literally the last episode, I think, is the first time that Gene Yeah, you see anything. him, you see him, like, doing something, you know, anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> You're right. But anyway, um, the, the shield. The no, shield. <laughs> shield, yes. So, uh, we should talk a bit about... So, you know, Vic has the immediately deal, but what's great is that Corinne is put into witness protection. Um, mm-hmm. And it, one, in one of the opening scenes, which I love, like, Dutch is explaining how this is all working out to her with Vic going into immunity. And it's fucking mm-hmm. amazing where he's like, you don't even want to know the heinous shit he's done. <laughs> like, he looks so genuinely appalled. God, it's... It, you. Of all the people that, like, bear the brunt of, like, tragedy, like, it is so classic Dutch Wagenbach that he just, like, he's, he just, <laughs> he overheard Vic confess to everything, and he's just, like, nothing, in, I'm just more shocked that I know the details, and I'm just, like, so, so tired that I, like, I'm just so fucking upset that I know this, like, I can't even be. <laughs> yeah. I, or, I, I don't know if I'm quite reading that, but I just, I love Car- Jay Carnes' um, uh, uh, just kind of decision to play, like, just, how he plays it, I guess, is what I was trying to he, say. I, I love how he plays throughout this episode just, like, utter disgust with Vic. Like, at a yeah. level that he didn't anticipate, which is just so good. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Just, um, he's just... God, it's, it's... it's He's almost insulted that he still has to see Ronnie and and, uh, and uh, Vic, I mean. <laughs> um, right. All-time great, little, I think... Oh. Just just all-time great line reading is... For the last three years... I am nowhere close mm-hmm. to that, but just... Such so fucking just that's another moment where I feel like the the show is speaking to like the the show is speaking to the audience, you know, or through the audience or the audience is speaking through the show rather, (laughs) where it's just like, what the fuck do you think you'd be arrested for, you you idiot? (laughs) Yeah. What for? Oh, poor Ronnie. Oh, we'll talk about Ronnie a little bit. Poor Ronnie. Oh, God. Uh, That that was also one of the points where I actually almost teared up weirdly, where I just felt like this deep sense of rage for Ronnie. Um, Anyway. It, yeah, it so, really is. On this watch, I was I was really upset with how it ended up for Ronnie. I was so mad. I was right there with with Ronnie. It, just a great, just just great, just like kind of psycho performance from David Reese Snell. <laughs> just yeah, we should go really into that a little out. bit because I do want to go into that because I think he's amazing there. Um, I don't understand anyone who thinks he's a bad actor from that scene. No, um, it, on, no. yeah, it's exactly how you should do like. I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, just pure yeah. rage. This like un- pure unbridled, rage. Like, yeah, just God. unbridled and just like 
it, this sense of um, like how could you? I do was this gonna to me? run. We were gonna we run. Were gonna like run. he just. And what's great is he, he. It's so unflattering. He lets his voice go really high. He's yeah. just angry and just like squirming, and it's incredible. Um, and you feel the betrayal. I I think the the power of Ronnie's end. What makes it part of the tragedy is that like he trusted Vic a little too long, and he believed a guy who is inherently duplicitous. And that's yeah. what fucks him over. It's Ronnie is so good at everything. He just trusts the wrong people a little too long. You know, and that's yeah. what's great, is that like his downfall doesn't feel just, but it his downfall is the only one that is just, but it doesn't feel righteous. Um, mm. Because yeah, yeah. he's a man who has earned in some way, like, respect. Like, I respect yeah. Ronnie more than any of the other strike team after that, right? Because you're like, Vic's a piece of shit. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, of the, the live strike team. Um, <laughs> the people who are alive, poor Rem. R.I.P., by the way. <laughs> um, who appears in the end credits, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Poor fucking Ronnie. So we should say, yeah, Ronnie just is goes goes to prison. That's that's his fate. I mean, if you didn't watch the episode, you should have. I mean, and yeah, it's I, I <laughs> throwing you know throwing himself around is great. And I think what's funny is like Snell usually does like a very invent nothing deny nothing kind of performance. Yeah, and it feels here like he's just unleashed because like you know he doesn't need to hide anything anymore. He's just enraged. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a stunning scene. Um, what about the team is the other line that like rings throughout that scene. <clears throat> yeah. Just, yeah. I, and, what about the team? Yeah. What, what we remember the, the pilot Vic says the team always protects each other. And you see now finally what a fucking lie that is. Right. Like just the last guy he could protect the guy who stood with him through everything. Vic fed to the sharks. Um, yeah, it's just, it's cruel, man. You know, it's, it's so just, funny. I'm like, this guy is a yeah, murderer and a criminal, but man, I don't want him to go to prison. I, I know it's, it, 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 it just, it just kills me because like, God, it's, it, it shows you just like how much of a fucking bastard is. Um, of course, Vic didn't really have a good time to say, Hey, by the way, I lied and you're actually, you know, well, no, not but... immune from everything that I, <laughs> um, uh, I gave up here. Um, it's just so, you're right. It's deserved. It is kind of what, like, it just sucks. Somebody from the strike team deserves to be in prison. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it just, where they are. It's not the guy that it should be. though. Um, no. And (laughs) that's the thing. um, It should be Vic. That's the thing that makes it worse. It should really be Vic. It's kind of, yeah. Ronnie being the one who goes is, is the cruelty, the tragedy of it. Exactly. And I kind of, you know, it's, um, (laughs) I'm just thinking about like how Vic's, Vic Mackey's hell is that he gets away with it basically, you know? Um, yeah. And that he's alone in it, (laughs) but I, it's just, God, it's, it's, um, man, do we want to just talk about the the ending ending now? Or is there anything else you want to cover before we get to that point? I want to, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. I'm sorry. I want to talk about no, sure, Claudette sure, a little sure, bit sure. because um, Claudette finally reveals that she's dying. It's official. Like yes, I, yes. And this is another ending that is unjust but makes so much sense that yeah. 
Claudette is has sacrificed something through pursuit of the truth. This is the one thing she's always believed in, like that that mm-hmm. sense of like Superman, like kind of like truth and justice, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's that de- idea of like a truth that acknowledges the strike team and acknowledges the the evil that these cops have done, right? Um, yeah. That's what she's pursued, and you see though how that evil has like, really taken its toll on her, and like. You know, in, in a metaphysical sense, this is what's killing her, right? That like yeah. she put she put so much into this job and into the fight, and it's now gonna destroy her. And um, Carnes is re- Pounder is amazing in this whole episode. I mean, her scene mm-hmm. with Vic, the way she looks at him is is astonishing. The contempt you feel God, yeah. reverberating, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's another moment of like, I see you. I know who you are. Um, mm-hmm. with, there's so many scenes like that this episode, which I love. Like, I, I see you. Like, this, uh, this recognition of each other. But, yeah. like, Dutch does it, too. The last scene with Vic, he gives Vic that look. Like, I know who you are. We're done. Um, but I was going to say, but Claudette, you know, we get this beautiful payoff to um, seven seasons of these people really learning, not just to love each other, but to trust and respect each other. Um, right. Or how to build on that trust and respect. And... Um, Claudette has always had that trouble with Dutch being close to her, right? Like, Dutch kind of is the one who wants to be buddies, always, which is funny. Yeah. And this is the scene, though, where you see Claudette acknowledging um, Dutch's love for her and how much Mm -hmm. he does for her. Ooh, I'm getting teary talking about it. Oh, my God. Um, I know. And it's this just that moment at the end when she... Muscles his tie. Oh, God. Just such... This is such a this is a show that like has so much just just creates a world um, parallel to our own where just uh, it doesn't seem like there's a, a, a lot of goodness or love or light. But man, just it, it finds beauty in like just those small moments of humanity that it can, you know, just in those the fixing of the tie there or just like Claudette's basically saying, like, I love you, Dutch Wagenbach or I love you, Holland, Dutch Wagenbach by saying, like, just continue being a friend like you've always been. Yeah, that's always that's as close <sighs> as we're going to get. And that's fine. And uh, also Carnes's reaction. But I was going to say Carnes's reaction shots when he says she says I'm dying. Um, uh, <sighs> yeah. Really, these tight. So devastated close-ups where you can see his whole um, face lose any defenses. Like he mm-hmm. can't, he, he can't, he can't hide what he's feeling at all. There's no masking there. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. fucking devastating. Uh, but it's it's beautiful too because you see how much these people have enriched each other and helped each other grow. I mean, Dutch in this finale, man, he is not the guy he was in the pilot, and that's a great thing. Like you see. Like, I love that moment. Okay, can we talk about Ellen Carmichael? The whole thing. With of Dutch course, here? please. Oh, because yeah, I can't believe that I wanted to that is, fucking that is completely skip key. over this. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about Dutch and Ellen a little bit just because, uh, one, Ellen is a perfect embodiment of this line that Grant mentioned, that Wallflower mentions, and it's a perfect Shieldian line. I think about it a lot. Now, is that what you want to see happen? It's a great line because yeah. it's like, yeah, you might not like Billings. But do you want to see Billings go through hell and get yeah. shit on by the city government? Like, do you actually want to see that? Or maybe you just want to see the guy leave the lawsuit, get what he needs, and go through the rest of his life without anyone yeah. hurting him. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's an idiot. 
but maybe that's fine. <laughs> maybe yeah, the idiots yeah. of the world, you know, should not be broke and sad. Um, yeah. And what's great is Dutch really clicks with that. And, like, you know, and he gets her number, and it feels like this moment of, like, you know, Dutch has really come full circle from the pilot where, like, he can't even hug this chick. Um, mm-hmm. Because he's just too socially awkward and weird, and he can't ask that Jamie yeah. properly. Um, yeah, and, and I, Danny I, even it, says, "Yeah, Danny being there is so important that she sees how God, he's grown." It's that is so. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. It's so sweet when she's like, "You've been working on your game." He's like, "What game?" Yeah. or whatever she says. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, like, exactly. he wasn't even trying, which is what's so. Yes. <laughs> It was and so, so, thing. so sweet. It was so sweet. And I did uh. want to point out, Wallflower puts this in his write-up on the episode, um, but there's a really funny exchange in the DVD commentary uh, where Sean Ryan says, hey, it, when when uh, Julia Campbell Carnes shows up, he says, hey, it's Julia mm-hmm. Campbell Carnes, Jake Carnes' wife. And Michael Chiklis goes, now I know what you're thinking, folks. How did that happen? Which goes <laughs> a lot of general laughter and then jay karn says well dave snell has the great line here he says it's stupid to cast julia it's ridiculous enough that jay got her that dutch would get her is just absurd it's <laughs> <laughs> great the bitch take, yes. and that's why that i think, <laughs> that, I think that's why it ultimately off. works though is because it's like she's so out of his league that she is just like just likes the guy at this point you know like she's just kind of charmed by him um yeah and i i think it's, it's so a good. key thing of like yeah it's so good because like yeah, I mean, most 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 nice guys and nerds don't always realize this. Where it's like, yeah, you know, if you're not like trying too hard, you're you're gonna be you might actually do okay with some women. Not all women yeah. are gonna like you, but like the ones who do might. If you're not like desperate, and that's the thing. Yeah, Dutch, yeah, exactly. Dutch has <laughs> that, that is something I'm more trying to to be honest. But uh, yeah, it's... you know, I get it. <laughs> Dutch's and Dutch's virtue there is great. Where it's like he's not, you know, he's not trying not to try it's that he is so confident now and so in tune of himself that he can get a number like that and not think about it as much and you know that's that's it doesn't even register there's a couple great dutch moments (laughs) there's a couple great registering things in this in this episode there's the one where he's Mm -hmm. laying the entire thing out to claude the entire lloyd situation out to claudette and you're watching this and I don't know. I I like how the show has kind of um, in, in this 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 the show is kind of like I don't know. I was watching it. And I'm like I feel like they're kind of trying to balance. Like, did could Dutch have actually killed this woman or not? And mm. then Claudette says very says very plainly back to him, and then frame you for the murder or whatever she says. And then Dutch like kind of snaps and is like, or snaps into it and he's like, oh, that hadn't even I hadn't even considered that. Right. <laughs> it's another great moment Poor of Dutch, Dutch just being like, of, and Karen just being like. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> right? And it's it's perfect too. The Dutch's last story is one where he's implicated in a murder, right? That he's yes, been chasing yes. these killers for seven years, and now finally someone um, has at least tried to ensnare him. So something I noticed this rewatch, I don't know if you caught it, but I I finally did. I didn't do it the first time, but like Lloyd says, he burned her clothes. And uh, Claudette never mentioned that they were burned, right? Okay, I did. Okay, yeah. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you pointed that out because I did note it, but I because the show didn't underline the point. I wasn't sure no, if I had it, like interpreted it I correctly. But that's yeah. that's no. great. That's really cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the that's the giveaway. That's one of the giveaways to me. Um, and that's a moment of like he's like, 
I don't think he realized. Well, he, but either. yeah, by that point, I was like, oh no, it's it's clearly that Lloyd actually killed Rita. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, but <laughs> He's it's, a murderer. It, it's it's clear in the text. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, um, but I think yeah. it's great because like it's a moment where Claudette knock clocks him, and you know, it's another moment of like she she knows who this guy is increasingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing with the last scene, right? Where it's, it feels like Lloyd is finally out in that scene. Like he looks like comfortable and like himself. Yeah. I don't know. I could see him finally spilling it, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, I, yeah. I could see it too. I could see Lloyd like becoming like a weird like kind of Manson prison goo like kind of mystic oh, yeah. or something. You know, like a, a weird cult vibe. figure like that. God, right? could you imagine like just Ugh. the fan mail from like uh like just just really uh, misguided teenagers that that guy would get? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, God. But I was going to say, and, and Dutch's last scene, then, is is the scene where I'm going to look up this guy that he mentions, by the way, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this city oh, employee yeah, who yeah. buried kids um, all over the highways. Um, and it's great because it's this moment of, of, it's this last moment of Dutch um, kind of being in touch with something, with these serial killers in this world, in these crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, but he's confident in that world now. And you see, you know, Dutch after the show, after Claudette dies is going to be okay. Like he'll, yeah. he's, yeah. he's figured something out about himself and it's, it's great to see that. Um, it's really, you know, I kept thinking like during certain little scenes, like that's the last we're going to see of Julian or like this of Danny, you know? Like, yeah. Right. Like right. These right. little like, okay, what are the last moments? Like you, you, you get one more scene with Julian where like, you know, you see like this guy is going to be haunted by his sexuality for the rest of his life like even yeah. if he doesn't get divorced which sean ride said in an interview after the finale that like he wrote that scene in because in his experience uh gay conversion therapy people like people who've been through conversion therapy implode right. always like yeah. anybody who fakes that shit yeah. He yeah, said, yeah yeah based on his research it never works out yeah and they he said they, I, I wanted to make clear like julian is probably not gonna last as a married straight man yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a sad moment though it's really sad that, that scene strikes me though like that he, he's always gonna be haunted by that um yeah yeah and it's Tina it's right one year, tina's uh and it's tina's one tina's one year anniversary she's not a yeah. rookie anymore so she gets nope. a, a little bit of a promotion i guess um mm-hmm. but yeah that's also uh you know the last that we see of, of tina this is god that little celebration oh. that little celebration just caught it looking from the perch uh, in on that the barn is scene. purged. <laughs> That's what yeah. I feel like she's thinking. Like the barn has finally been purged of these horrible people. Like yeah, I always, yeah. I my take is always like the strike team will like go down as this like legend or like this like spooky folktale of like cops who destroy each other or some shit. Like will like yeah, like a ghost story be, or something. Yeah, it'll be a ghost story. That's my thought about the strike team. It's gonna be a ghost story. Um you know, this is a story of men who betrayed each other for money and destroyed each other with grenades and shit. Um, yeah. The, the epic quality of it means it has to last, at least in that sense. Right. Anyway, right, um, right. and the last thing we get, uh, we see Aceveda um, going up against uh, Robert Huggins fucking returns. Bobby Huggins! Andre 3000! Bobby Huggins! Andre 3000. New Paradigm Party, baby! New Paradigm Party, I will set you, vote for me, I'll set you free. Um, vote for me, I'll set you free. Uh, oh, poor Bobby. Poor, poor, poor Bobby. Oh, he, God. Oh, my God. Just heartbreaking. Like, you Man, want this fucker to win. Andre Benjamin's such a good fucking actor. It's like, 
I can't think of many other movies he was or like kind of uh, acting roles he was in. I know he was in uh, Idlewild and he was in um, fucking uh, High Life, the Claire Denis <laughs> movie, which he was pretty good in. But it's like, man, he know. is so good in this. Uh, isn't he in that bad Jimi Hendrix movie where he's like clearly too old? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, like, it's not his fault. I'm not, like, dissing him. It's more just like, oh, fuck, that movie existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, made, like, five years out. We came out, like, five years after it was and didn't, filmed. Yeah, whatever, and didn't it did not have any Jimi Hendrix mu- music in it because, they right? like, the rights were so weird. Just like so that. weird, I mean. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you this about this after, but Julia watched, like, five minutes of Stardust. I watched a little of her. It's hilarious. Um, the the <laughs> okay. Bowie movie that has no Bowie music. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, though, yeah, and, and I, I love Robert Huggins here, and he portrays this, like, because I think he's this reminder, along with Beltran, that, like, you know, Farmington can't really be cleaned up um, as much as Vic might feel that need to, like, as much as the Farmington yeah. police, like, that's what they're supposed to be doing. It's great, because first of all, like, I think it's great because Bobby, because Huggins brings in these truths of, like, you know, the police are never going to make things better. Um, he's mm-hmm. basically saying a lot of abolitionist stuff, like police abolitionist yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking, is that, like, the military-industrial complex is going to constantly need prisoners and gangbangers. So, realistically, yeah. no, economic opportunities are going to do anything. Everything Acevedo is saying is a fucking lie. And what's great is, yeah, Acevedo, for the first time, he seemed, like, rattled by somebody. Just yeah, yeah. He, at the end of that scene, he's like, I'm not sure what to do here, and you can see it. Like, he's not yeah. used to this. It's so fucking good because it's like I'm a I'm a poisonous snake of a human being. What is happening to me? <laughs> Why are people being sincere? God, exactly. I hate him. I hate that. God damn it! They like this like, guy. I hate it when people like people. Do you think it had anything to do with uh, Huggins' death, or you think it was just coincidence? No, I think that it was. Um, I don't know. I kind of think that it's like. Um, uh, I don't, I, I kind of take the show at its kind of word, the text yeah, word yeah. that it was, you know, just this kind of, cause one, I love that, um, uh, uh, Bobby Huggins organized a strike, a strike of a crack house, like put a picket line in front of a crack house. I think that's just yeah. one, that's just some really fucking cool politics. Um, mm-hmm. and I can totally buy, you know, in the world of the show and the kind of like action meets consequence, you know, kind of reality that the show lives in, um, him doing that would make a lot of people with uh, a lot of violent people very angry, and I could believe yeah, that killed he's over been that, fucking you know? with drug dealers too since like the first his first appearance, right? Like, like yeah, exactly. He's been doing this for a while. He is kind of fighting fire with fire. Um, he's <laughs> yeah, and and what's great too is that like everything he says is true. Um, and yet it doesn't matter because like yeah, the shield, much like our world, is a world where like justice isn't always isn't really the norm of the day and yeah what's great is like bobby kind of dies because he tries to change farmington and farmington you know the shield is conservative about this fundamentally that like farmington is not a place that can get better it can stay at a certain level of right, status right but like it, it is this is a bad place and yeah and poor bobby really pays for it um you know, and Tina's there to witness, which I love. That she she tries to comfort him. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's Hell of a scene. Uh, God, really great. Um, just just little acting with, with uh, from Paula Garces in that scene. Paula Garces. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how to say her I, name, but Paul she's Garces just tremendous in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Both these episodes um, has been fantastic. I feel like like yeah yeah uh, her scene of Shane um, just. 
yeah, it's really, really good stuff here. Um, yeah, God, um, we've been through everything. The Beltran raid. Uh, we should talk. Oh, about... Oh yeah, the Beltran. Yeah, the Beltran raid. Just um, that's like nope. kind of it's the biggest bust in ICE's history, and there's just like kind of no triumph to it. Um, yeah. It's, it's just very much it. It's one of the more it, I love that the show ends on um, just kind of like the most functional feel, not, not like feeling I got maybe feeling, but I think that it's by design that it's just kind of like it's the last time that, you know, um, the strike team's going to bust somebody. It's this mm-hmm. cartel leader. It's, it's all the last these fucking ride, yeah. yeah, it should feel like it's this huge, like kind of, you know, like. Um, Ronnie calls them cowboys, basically, and it's just so funny because one guy's in a fucking full suit, <laughs> running and taking <laughs> this, this these this drug dealer down. Um, but yeah, there's kind of no, there's no triumph from it. I don't particularly feel a sense of loss, but it's just like, yeah, you're. I'm watching that scene with just the overhang of like they're gonna get this, they're gonna feel like they got away, or Ronnie's gonna feel like he's scot free, uh, but then he doesn't just quite know how fucked he is, basically. Um, <laughs> And it's just kind of like, it's also, you know, we saw the botched kind of um, Beltran arrest earlier with the um, Black Board of Directors and that, uh, with the Black Board of Directors, which was, um, God, what a real tense fucking Cracker Jack scene that was. Ooh, um, that was great. Yeah, 200 Yeah, and, then you get to the, and you get to the end and you just kind of see, I don't know, man, I'm just kind of like, at that point, I'm like, I saw Vic Mackey bust the guy's head in. Um, get him bit by a rattlesnake to find out where Beltran is so that he can save his fucking ass. And at that point, I'm just like, I'm so done with you, dude. Like, just just get it over <laughs> with. You know, I'm like, fine, you fucking got it. You win. I'm exactly where, actually, I'm exactly where Lori Holden is in that moment where she's just like, congratulations, can we move on now? <laughs> yeah, please, I don't care anymore. I just want this to be over. No, yes. I know what you mean. It. I love that the Belfortran story does feel like the ending is kind of perfunctory, right? Like, this is... Yeah, like, but I like that about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, oh, oh, completely. This is what I like about it. Like, it's just something that needs to happen. It needs to end. Um, And it's it's Vic's last moment for Farmington. And after that, he's fucking done. And what's great is, like, the next day, he goes in, and I literally wrote in my notes, Welcome to Hell, Vic. Um, Yeah. Man, I, as somebody who's been through so many fucking terrible, boring, empty, white-collar temp jobs where it's like, nothing I'm doing is hard, but this is depressing as shit because I know it's meaningless. Yeah. Man. Oh, Vic. Me- oh, buddy. I know. Welcome. I know. Welcome, friend. Um, yeah, that's the great thing, right? That, like, Vic's fate, you know, it's genius. He doesn't yeah. die. He doesn't go to prison. But the worst thing that could happen to him is that he can't go anywhere and he sits in front of a desk and he can't mm. see his children and he can't mm. go anywhere and all of his friends are dead or in prison. That yeah. is the story. And like that is this ending that like he's just stuck. Um, someone said uh, oh, one of the commentators in the salute said, you know, this is the story of a man who was so evil that hell basically spat him back. <laughs> Um, and this is the story. That's awesome. Yeah, this is a guy so evil that, like, you know, his hell is a place where he can't do anything because he's toxic influence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that, yeah. like, his, his version of hell is white collar shit. That, like, he has to sit. Yeah. And I love he's like a, pens- a suit and tie. He looks terrible. And, and he's backed into a corner. Finally, for the first time, he's backed into a corner. Or for the first time in a while, his character's just like, 
is given no choice. Yeah. You have to do this thing. You have to act this way or you go to prison. That is done. Mm -hmm. Just astonishing. Like, and it's the perfect ending for this guy. It's the ending you don't expect, but you look back and you're like, yes, that's exactly what should happen to this man. It's, it's, it may be the best, best ending to a a character, at least on television, if not (laughs) for anything ever, just because. Magnificent. Man, I don't know. It, it's it, it's almost too big for me to talk about. I feel it just like how satisfied yeah. and just complete it feels as a, as an end to this character. Just and this. That, what's great is that mm-hmm. ends on an ellipsis too, right? It doesn't even end on exactly. Ex- what's the lo- the last line in the script? Um, the last the line Mackie in the script walks is, off uh, into the night. Destination destination unknown. unknown. Yeah. That's just, the thing, right? It's yeah. – and that's what's so good is it's like the show would be – the show would have had such a satisfying ending if it just ended on like one of those great close-ups of Chickless's eyes as he's just – as Vic Mackey's just like kind of finally getting a chance to catalog in silence every single thing that he's ever done to lead to this moment. Um, and then it ends with, you know, light shutting off. He kind of breaks out of that that, that moment there. Um, yeah. And then there's those, those sirens of the cops. Um, I kind of read that as the cops responding to that shot that's on Broadway and I forget the intersection, but it struck struck me as downtown area, which would be mm. kind of close to the building that Vic is in. So I kind okay. of re- I, I read that just kind of as like that's the, the, the shooting that they need to back up for. Vic hears that. And man, he just <clears throat> it's so fucking good that it ends on that ellipsis that it's the ambiguity that the the show mm-hmm. ends on isn't something like he's just sitting in purgatory it is like this is a guy that has just a fundamental urge to go out there and fuck shit up yeah and the fact that he's free is almost like the fact that he is like he can't hide behind a badge but maybe that's like he can i can see vic Mackey using the fact that he doesn't have a badge is kind of a liberating thing. Or, like, the fact that he has a DOJ, you know, badge or something. Like, whatever he has, he can still use it yeah. that way, you know? And that's what's terrifying, is it's like, yes, this is a man that's so evil that hell spit him back, but he is also just this this fundamental, this, 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 this force that just has to exist in the world mm-hmm. in whatever form that he can, I guess. Uh, or at least in the world of the S.H.I.E.L.D. And, man, like that. that is just... So fucking good. You couldn't ask for more, honestly, <laughs> as far as no, I'm concerned. No, it was, it was striking to me, too. Okay, so I want to talk a little about this um, this term that you see in Greek tragedy, and it's called anag neurisis. Uh, okay. I don't know that I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies to any ancient Greek uh, scholars. <laughs> any Hel- so Hellenistic scholars it's... listening to this podcast. <laughs> So it originally meant recognition in its Greek context, not only of a person, but also of what that person stood for. It's the sudden awareness of a situation, the realization okay. of things as they stood. Um, Medea has this example. Um, Medea resolves to kill her children, knowing they're her children, and she does so. So that's her recognition. Um, that okay. Oed- Oedipus killing his father, marrying his father, marrying his mother, and killing his father in ignorance. Doing all this, like, that's his truth. He realizes 
and he's the blight upon the land. Um, mm, mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah, the Oedipus is a detective story. People forget that. He's trying yeah. to figure out what's going wrong with his land, and he realizes it's him. That's why all the good detective stories have that thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and, and what's great here is that we don't exactly get that. We, we get, and, and Clark Johnson's camera is interesting because it's very active here. It, yeah, it is doing yeah. the same thing as it is taking on our perspective. It The camera wants to see, this is why the Shield's camera is so amazing because it's an active participant, right? And the Shield's yeah, yeah, camera, yeah. this is the most active it ever gets. And it's this agonizing, patient close-up. Something the show doesn't not do, by the way. It does not do slow, agonizing close-up. No, it and doesn't do slow, agonizing close-ups or really silence. And this episode has both of those just just yeah. out of its pocket and on the floor. And, <laughs> and Chickles just looking in, in, in this long, slow, agonizing beat. And the camera just looking and looking and looking and, like, thinking. Like, what is this guy feeling? And you can, you can almost see Vic recognizing everything he's done, right? Like coming yeah. to that conclusion of like, my children are gone for me. My wife is happier without me. Like she looks happy in Rockford. Um, yeah. <laughs> and my friends are dead. Like the only paint, the, the picture comes back. The only picture I can have is my friend who's dead. Um, everyone yeah. else is burned or dead. And yeah. <laughs> this is what I am now. Like I'm, I am this, what am I? And you see him almost get there. His eyes just like brimming with tears, like almost like, what am I? Like, what have, what have I done? Like, who am I? And then he shakes it off with the lights. You're right. It's great. Like, the lights turn off and he shakes it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you can literally see him like breathe and kind of like, oh, fuck it. And then yeah. he takes the gun and it goes Mackie, goes off into the night, destination unknown, end of the show. Um, and it feels like this is the end of the story. Maybe the next story has Vic fucking up without a badge you're right like kind of find that liberating maybe he goes back to prison um something else happens here we just don't see it we don't see it something does happen we don't see it i just it's it's i'm thinking back to like something a film professor said of just like how every uh every great like kind of story ends on a question and how he ends use like the the ending for excuse me something like it hot as kind of uh the illustration for that (laughs) um you know and I, I just I, this is another show I think ends on a, that ends on a question. I, I don't have quite the words for what that question is right now, but I just it's it's I I the end of the show. Vic Mackey walking off into the night, destination unknown, and then executive producer Sean Ryan. Um, yep. The story, yeah, you're right. The story's over. It could it could reasonably continue, but just just man, it's done though. That's the thing yep. at that point. Just. This we saw the life of Vic Mackey and the people in his in his life in the world that he lived in, and this is what he this is the mark that he left on the world, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, and, and this is who he was, and he'll just continue on. The only other hint we ever get, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Sons of Anarchy, but in the last season, there's a scene where Michael Chiklis is playing a truck driver who. Um, he says, oh, says he has I, four he, kids. Doesn't he? Isn't that? he playing an instrumental part in the 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 the, the finale of that show? As I yeah, and it's it's yeah. kind of implied that he could be playing Vic, but maybe not. Mm. I mean, I guess. But then the the show shared actors with the Shield, so it's a little weird. But uh, the, yeah. I guess the idea was like he might have been Vic, you know, on the road after his free years are up, just like going. You know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a nice idea. It's an interesting thought, but I don't mm. know if I want to know without Sean Ryan or some or Sean Ryan at the helm 
telling us the story. So whatever exactly. happens to Vic, I yeah. prefer he tell it. Me, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, man, yeah, just kudos to Sean Ryan. It's really <laughs> just fucking... <laughs> Damn good writing this episode. Oh my god, just an extraordinary piece. Yeah, just really, it, it's it really is. Um, there's there's nothing really like this 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 episode uh, or this show. Um, and god damn it, it's it's over. <laughs> we're at the end, folks. Um, yeah, we're at the we're end. We're gonna do yeah. So we're gonna do one more episode. Um, I think we're gonna go into the the top five of season seven. Rewatch the pilot and talk about our feelings, our reactions after this, and um, mm-hmm. talk about our final thoughts about the show. But I think that's about it for us. Yeah, and we'll talk yeah. about our upcoming project that mm-hmm. you all might find interesting. Yeah, I I certainly hope so. I'm really excited mm-hmm. for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. But that will all be you know uh, next episode. We will have one more kind of wrap up episode, and uh, we will see you then. Uh, just, just as quick reminders, uh, this has been The Barn, a podcast about The Shield, hosted by uh, me, Mason McGuire, and Connor Crockford. Uh, the show, as always, is on Twitter at BarnPod on Facebook, or you can send us an email, pod- podcastthebarn at gmail.com. Um, our theme song is Stance Gives You Balance by Hogan Grip, and our logo was designed by my sister, Kellen. Her art is on Instagram at underscore couchmouse. I'm on Instagram at hotdogdebicki and under Letterboxd, uh, on Letterboxd under my name. I also have another podcast. It's on the list with Noah yep. and Mason. And Connor's been on a couple episodes of that. Um, and I have a fun time doing that show, so check it out. Available on other podcast platforms. Um, that's about it for me, though. Connor, what's up with you? Uh, you can find me on cmcrockford.com. Uh, I also have Twitter, um, cm underscore Crockford. You can find me there for now. Awesome. Well, folks, it has been a blast covering this show. It's, <laughs> it's been pleasure. a blast covering oh with God. you, Connor. Um, we will see you all for the wrap-up, but I guess for now, that is it. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Cheers.